Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. So good to be with you. Hope you're well on a Balls Wednesday. Last night's basketball result, hopefully not enough to send you off your axis. You're okay. You're all right. It's early in the season. It's funny, early season basketball games. I don't, I don't, I don't begin to fret until we get much further along. And I was never going to fret about last night's game because it was one that I always thought we would lose. And the reason I brought it up yesterday towards the tail end of Seminole headlines was so that others understood perhaps you were only taking a cursory glance at college basketball up to this point. Who could blame you? There are only six, seven games into the season. But if you didn't know, there was a group uh, from, uh, from Purdue that had a little something waiting on Florida State. It was not a good matchup, especially with two seven-footers being out. So we talked about it last hour. I won't spend too much time on it here, but do want to reiterate that ass-kicking was predictable. That's what Purdue's going to do against most. Only one team has held Purdue this year through seven contests to under 90 points. That's who they are. Well, we're not equipped defensively this year the way we have been in years past. I think that's one thing that we're going to have to get used to. Unless there is massive growth at maybe three or four different places Mm -hmm. with three or four Mm -hmm. different players. We're a team that's not going to rebound the ball all that well. We're going to be able to shoot. We're extremely athletic. Uh, We'll generate points off of turnovers, but I don't know that we're going to lock it down the way we have Got to win some shootouts. Yeah, that's right. A lot of fun. By the way, just so you know, you might say, well, Jeff, that's fine. Only one other team, only one team has held uh, Purdue under 90 points. Who have they played? Well, they scored 93 on North Carolina. So that's doing some things. Uh, they scored 80 in the game that they didn't score 90, and that was against Villanova. And they won that game fairly comfortably. Uh, and so 93 last night, 97 the week before against Omaha, 80 against Villanova, 93 against North Carolina, 96 against Wright State, 92 against Indiana State, and poor Bellarmine took a real ass kicking. So there you go. They had a lot of contested shots, too. I mean, you know, of some of the half-court possessions we defended well, they still made them. They just rise and fire right over, over our contested hands. You know, it's, that's what happens when you have a really good team that's loaded, and they're able to whip the ball around to five and six options. I mean, they had kids coming off the bench. This is what we've been. This is what we've been. 
Well, they're more polished than most every one of our teams in terms of being able to jump shoot. You know, there's no doubt about that. But this is what we've been in that building uh, here in Tallahassee. Leonard brought it up last night, I think, wisely in the post-game press conference. Yes. Where he said, we're one game away from setting an ACC record for consecutive home wins. Nice job, Leonard. That's what we need to focus He's on now. He's always really good at that. He yeah. does a very good job of that. Um, you know, I, I, I think if you look at the numbers, offensively, Florida State wasn't terrible. They couldn't get stops, and part of that wasn't because of lack of effort or not knowing defensive assignments, but because, as Tom just noted, Purdue knocked down everything. And they also have a freak of nature at center that I don't know that anybody is going to stop with any degree of consistency. Right. He's a monster. He wasn't even the focal point. I he, know. He was for little you know, well, states of time. If you're going to make every shot from the perimeter, why would you? But, I mean, it really is silly to think that they're going to they're gonna have a lot of games this year, Purdue is where they just feed him the ball, and there's nothing anybody's going to do about that. He's a monster. Yeah, and, and you're right. We, you know, you could listen to it more in depth last hour, but the things I'm looking for, second chance points against, how we defend in transition, we've given up a lot of easy threes in transition. I thought we were actually better at that last night, but I go back to the Florida game, the Boston U game. Uh, are we better in those areas? And then how many turnovers do we generate? Because I think – the points off a of live ball turnovers, real ones, not mm-hmm. the ones where it's thrown into the fifth row of the stands. If we have the advantage there, we're going to have the advantage in fast break points. And in theory, we should be able to get you tired in the second half because we're running you out of the building. But we'll see. We'll see. There's still a lot of questions with this group. In eight games of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and there was a time, and it's not that long ago. In fact, it was consistent for a very, very long time that the ACC beat the Big Ten like a drum. It got to be where it was uh, a a sort of uh, laughing matter, where every year the ACC Big Ten Challenge would get started and some of the jokes that you would hear were, well, you can call it a challenge, but is it really? Because the ACC would win this every year. But this has now shifted, and the Big Ten is vastly superior to the ACC in basketball currently, and they are overwhelmingly so this year because this looks to be a pretty average ACC. The eight games have uh, gone 6-2, Big Ten advantage there. The two wins from ACC teams have occurred in overtime in ACC arenas. Syracuse won in double overtime uh, to edge Indiana 112-110. And uh, Wake Forest won 77-73 in overtime against Northwestern. It's not exactly a power. Of course, Duke blew a 15-point lead in the second half uh, and, and lost. So it's it's something to behold. Well, you wonder if it's uh, an external part of the puzzle that With those money? conferences make a ton more money. K's getting out at the right time. I mean, the stat last night was from Frashillo was crazy. I didn't haven't won that. an ACC regular season title since, outright since 06, he it was, said? It was nuts. And it was like 12 that they had a share, 12 or 13 that they had a share of it. But they had won two national titles in that time. Right. Though. They didn't right. win the conference, but they, that's but, how good the ACC has been. But think about that. I mean, that's yeah. nuts. Now, you could put all your eggs in, into the basketball basket, sorry, and you can still win big. You can, even if you're not a have, as we know that. I mean, look at all around the country. There are plenty of programs. They don't do diddly in football, but they are really, really good in basketball. But I think what you're going to see is the middle teams in the Big Ten and the SEC are going to keep getting better than the middle teams in a pro, in a conference like the ACC. They've got more money to, to get better facilities, Oh yeah, better support staff, all that stuff. 
And uh, I wonder if uh, Roy Williams and Coach K don't know that. Well, Roy knew that he was steady losing to teams he shouldn't be, and he said as much. This is not me just taking a shot at rolling out there, Roy. He knew that he was failing as a coach miserably and decided it was time to go. He wasn't meeting not only North Carolina standards but his own for himself, and I actually commend him for that because while it was easy to tease rolling out there, Roy, over the last few years while they woefully underachieved, it is nice to note that it didn't go unnoticed by the man himself who looked in the mirror and realized – yeah, I should have called time out there and didn't. Oh, we're in the wrong. Yeah, he figured out I, um, I've i lost a step. I'm old. It happens. Time to ride. Good for you, dude. Good for you. Most of the time they have to pull these guys off the court or the field, and it becomes this, as we know. Yeah, calling the players the wrong name. Uh, ugly situation. I've seen it. Uh, yes. I've seen it. It's an ugly situation. Nobody likes it, especially when you're a living legend who helped built the program or largely built the program. Now, that's not the case at North Carolina. They've had several all-timers, including the great Dean Smith. But you don't want to be the guy that they have to go, we have a talk, Roy? A little talk here? Because I'm sure it was coming. Based on those last few years where I was like, what are we doing out here? Roll it out there. And he's like, I know. I know. (laughs) I mean, that's a toughie. But that is always something you have to monitor very, very closely. Uh, As well as, of course, the world of recruiting. I'm just here to say, in general, not giving specifics just yet, because we won't know until that day, that fateful day comes in a couple of weeks, and that is that Florida State looks to be in line to sign a top 10, top 15 class for sure. And I think they're making headway from what we can tell, certainly from those that they have contacted and those who have bothered to respond. uh, They're making good headway when it comes to the transfer portal as well. And these are all very vital things as we position ourselves to take another step forward next year. It's vitally important that while I do commend them for having flipped the locker room, shown more fight, become more competitive in these games where their rosters are lacking. All of that is true. Florida had the much better roster, as we saw on Saturday. Just anybody with eyes and a decent degree of understanding how to assess football understood that that was not a good matchup. But we were hoping and leaning into the idea that Florida wouldn't want to be there since their program was in disarray. Turns out they did want to be there. That became problematic for us. That said... As we look to upgrade the roster, I do think it's important that they take a step forward next year. And in order to do that, all of what happens in these next couple of weeks is absolutely critical. Because if you cannot bolster and infuse that defensive line with talent, especially in the areas in which they are losing critical members uh, from this year's All-ACC team, as you could see, then you aren't going to take the step forward that this year portends up. And that is disconcerting because it's a distinct possibility it won't happen because you cannot solely rely on, as we know, incoming freshmen that, again, elevate your overall talent but don't pay real dividends until two and three years down the road. So... Continue down the path with these linemen we're reading about, both defensive and offensive. Yeah, so here's the question I have is what is the future if the transfer portal, as is currently comprised, continues for, say, another 10 years? Mm. Right? These rules are what they are and, and they stay that way. I, yeah. How attractive is a two or three year college football transfer? Versus a high school a player. school recruit. Yeah, so, you've got to really navigate that. Yeah, you really do. Um, I remember Chuck Oliver, who uh, we know, if you've listened to uh, uh, the old station, you know Chuck Oliver. It was a guy that um, had strong opinions on this, so I want to give credit where credit's due. He was one of the first ones I ever heard who came out and said, you know, I think at some point somebody's going to go, screw all this recruiting. I'm going to bring in nothing but transfer portals. I'm going to end up starting... 11 guys that were all out of the transfer portal on offense and 11 on defense that were all out of the transfer portal. Now, 
There is a downside to this, and it's a very obvious one, and we all know it. The second that you uh, hit adversity and things start to fall apart and your season doesn't go the way that you had hoped it would, it is much easier to bail on a program that you didn't come up in, that you didn't commit to and spend the time uh, agonizing and sacrificing for over the course of three years. If you do that, the aforementioned uh, blood, sweat, and tears work that it takes to build yourself into an elite college football player, you're not running at the first sign of distress. You are if you're a mercenary. So it is something that I think you have to balance, and it's very difficult to balance, especially when you're trying to build and create a new culture. Unless it's like a minor league system, which is already in place, really, in, in college baseball. You know, the JUCO circuit versus Division One baseball circuit, is so, that's a point of contention every year for coaches at both those levels. Because, you know, a D1 school, let's say, well, I mean, just go local. Like, FSU could go to TCC and grab their best player. And like, that's not great for TCC, but that's just the nature of the business because then you also have the minor leagues to worry about. So mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. how do I make my team the best possible? But you grab a kid for multiple years. Uh, there's the the young offensive lineman out of FIU. I'll pull up his name now, but there's a story about it on Warchant.com. Miles Frazier. Miles Frazier was hosted by Devontae Love-Taylor when DLT was at FIU. Miles Frazier is a tackle who is graded pretty highly and is sought after by this staff, saying that Florida State contacts him the most since he put his name into the transfer portal. He's got three years to go. Three years. Mm -hmm. So if this kid is a plus player, let's say he's good enough to, I don't know, be a sixth-round pick or a seventh-round pick in two years, you still have two full seasons out of him. But the problem that you're going to deal with, and I've seen this conversation uh, in in the grand scheme of Twitter and, and Facebook, high school coaches get pissed when all you do is take transfers because they perceive that as you're taking a scholarship away from a young man that I've helped grow. Mm-hmm. And so now there are fewer places for my kids on your teams because you want to take older, more seasoned players versus the old way of doing right, things. Right, right, right. So you've got a whole mess of how many <laughs> hands do you shake and which way oh, do you do so and what order do you do so. Yeah, and getting back to the balancing act. I think most would prefer. Like Alabama ain't taking a bunch of transfer portal guys, right? If you can build through the high school ranks, just like you want to build your NFL team through the draft and not free agency. Free agency is a tool. Transfer portals can be a tool. You would like to build an overall program and identity and uh, modus operandi through recruiting high school players. But if you're not in a position to do so... Right, but here's the question. If you're a program like we are right now, or a program that's, let's say, that you're going to fall between 8 and 30 in, in the recruiting rankings. Depends on how many blue chippers are, are local to you that year that maybe you could yeah, climb yeah. up and, and sneak a, a really good class. But then three out of four years, 17 to 22, something like that. All right, would you rather take three extra three-star players who are projects or try and work the transfer, uh, transfer portal really hard to grab a JUCO or an outright transfer from another group of five school or power five school. Yeah. Like so for those kids that are on the edge, usually their takes because maybe their friend is coming to school or something along those mm-hmm. lines, that goes away. I would think in that moment, yeah, you want your transfers you instead do. of you want the three star project. De- depending on what program you are, as you're talking about, and what your overriding goals are, what what is a reasonable year in and year out goal? If you're trying to win conference championships in the Power Five, I agree with you. If you're a building, unless you're Wake, unless you're you know a school that doesn't have a reasonable chance to do that, but you do want to sustain excellence, then you're going to still right. build. You know, well, but okay, let's say you're Mark Stoops at Kentucky, who just extended, he got his money. By the way, good for Mark. Congratulations to Mark Stoops. 
Uh, I think it's important that that happened, too, in the world of college football, because right now it's not happening. What's not happening is people staying put at places that they enjoy because uh, they, they are all seeking the next great thing. It's not good for the sport when that happens at all times. That's why I used to admire um, you know, a number of coaches that we've talked about on this show over the years. I'm, I'm, listen, I don't begrudge anybody their money. I'm not sitting there counting money in your pocket. But I am saying that it, for the better of college football, if a guy comes to a place and he's happy and he is sustaining, I mean, this is what, seven straight bowls for Kentucky? Right, right. If you're happy and, and you've reached a, a reasonable goal and you do it annually and they're not thinking that they can take that next step and you're happy there, good, don't leave for the money. Just right. stay. Or you're told no by or, Florida State and Oklahoma. That probably helps, I would think. I'm sure. But if you're him... All right, I've done what I can do in terms of building. Like this is, I've got a lot of uh, kids that are part. We know who we are. We know what we want to be, especially on defense. They just changed their philosophy on offense. But we we know the kind of kid that we can recruit, the area that we can recruit, mm-hmm. and the caliber mm-hmm. that we can recruit. Unless we get super lucky, and a kid grew up watching Kentucky football, and for some godforsaken reason he wants to come here, we have a certain level and cloud of kids that we can right. get, and they're not Alabama's kids. But in the transfer portal, if I allocate five to seven spots a year out of my twenty-five to that, we might be able to make incremental growth mm-hmm. and try to, and maybe we can convince some. It's 17 a fun year discussion. Olds. It's 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 something now that you have to consider that you never did before, and it's something that we continue to talk about now. It I seems mean, like this staff is understanding that the portal is the quicker way. You're trying to do two things at once. Well, you you are, always are. Yeah, I was but, just about to say you're trying to do two things at once. You're trying to procure this class, which is going to change your possibilities, right? In two and three years, it is going to change who you are. It also sends a resounding message to other recruits as well as transfer portal people. But it, it also on one. it seems like if they've got 50-50, they want to go with the portal over the kids. Because they've got to win now. He knows, and I want to get back to this, and that's where I was headed, and I, I sidetracked myself. He knows that next year... That's it now. You had your wiggle room. You had an understanding, fair-minded group of people, and I think they outweigh those that are loud on Twitter. Uh, Those that have a greater understanding that your first class was going to be a failure, it had no chance to be good, it's not just you that suffer this fate, but many others around the country as a first-year coach because of the early signing period that exists now, you cannot reasonably put together a class without huge amounts of attrition. We've seen that everywhere, so it's not just Florida State. Then you were screwed because of COVID, and you didn't get to visit or talk to people in person who you were trying to recruit. So you really got kicked in the cojones in a way that nobody really ever does. It's It was maddening, but of reality, okay? Not an excuse, just a reality. But now that has passed. That has passed. You've navigated those waters. Now you have to provide substance. You've got to show beyond I flipped the locker room and we competed hard. Now we got to get some wins, it starts next year. Like that reality, it's the discussion you and I used to have with Jimbo about Jameis. How many years removed from Jameis do you get a pass before we start going, hey, man, seems like unless you got Jameis Winston. Right, right. You know, so, or a right. staff full of mercenaries. Right, staff, right, right, right. Staff 1A right, was, was a staff full of mercenaries. Do we need to go back to that, Jimbo? Yeah. Do we need to just grab a bunch of bag man and then nearly kill yourself trying to do all the micromanaging stuff? Because that worked. Yeah, so we, we began to ask that question, and I think at some point that question went from being absurd to completely fair. I'm sure they're asking it right now where he currently is. Like, we're we just going to lose four games every year? That's what we're doing here? Year five, year six, just losing four and five games a year? Including the teams that have no reason to play, like LSU, is he going to get buried with that trophy? I mean, that has <laughs> the, the nothing you know, on it. There's right? no engraving. 
So I want to answer two things on Twitter before we go to break here. Uh, the first is from Doc Dean. Uh, yo, at Jay Cameron Show and at underscore Tom Wang. Is there going to be a bowling tournament this year? Because I'm ready to help them kids have a Merry Christmas. Oh, yes, indeed, Doc Dean, our friend. There is going to be a bowling tournament this year, and we are going to tell you this hour before the show concludes exactly when and where. Ooh, a little teaser. Sorry, we'll pull that off the, uh, the feed. Yep, 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 yep. And then from there, I wasn't looking at the feed, but if you are, you got a sneak peek. Uh, but before we, uh, you know, well, before we sign off, I will definitely tell you uh, some the, the logistics. We're putting it all together, but we got a yes today, and we're so excited. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So I can't wait to talk to you guys about that. Uh, T. Bizzle, I love that that's your handle, uh, writes at Jay Cameron Show. Why do you think FSU alumni uh, give so little to FSU athletics? And I would tell you that it has a lot to do with the lack of discretionary income because there aren't generations of alumni that have built generational wealth to hand down because it's a relatively young university. So the excess funds one makes as an FSU alumnus is not compounded by the previous alumni's, you know, say the father, the grandfather, the great-grandfather, like they do at Texas, like they do at Notre Dame, like they do at Stanford and other places, right? Or the 100-plus years of Alabama graduate etc. Doesn't happen here. Doesn't exist. There are fewer people with the compounded, uh, I made money. I was successful. I've gone on to do good things. I have an excess of money that I don't require to be spent on bills. And because I inherited a good amount of money from the previous alumnus successes, I'll give that to the university. My opinion is that doesn't exist in abundance here. Right. There's one thing that I feel like we can disclose a little bit because it operates in the shadows. But in the up-and-up shadows of the era of the NIL, there is a groundswell of movement of people who at least have discretionary income as maybe yeah, corporate citizens. Yeah, no, that's Who important. are working on things separate what you're talking about, T-Bizzle, which is contributions to the booster program. My man, T-Bizzle. Uh, yeah, it's important. I hope we have renegade alumni yep. Who say to hell with the rules? I'm going to directly pay a bunch of really good players to come football for Florida State. That'd be great. Just make sure you're good at it. There are lots of ways to be good at it. Ask Georgia. Well, is it renegade if you could just throw them on a, a logo for a you know a business card? Correct. These days they're all but inviting you to do it. Yeah. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 
Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Uh, let's see here. You want me to go that route? Uh, normally, okay, I will. I should have pulled this up beforehand, but I'm doing massive amounts of research as it appears that Florida State, we'll throw it out there because it's kind of exciting news. I've been waiting on this news for a long time. Uh, it appears Florida State is on the cusp of uh, finally naming an athletic director. Oh, my God. What are we doing here, everybody? You've got to be kidding me. A what? Yeah. Is uh, that a new position? <laughs> Pete Thamel, uh, national college football and basketball reporter for Yahoo Sports. Remember the old joke? It was almost like uh, the Dave Chappelle run, bitch, run for your life. Um, if Yahoo Sports was knocking on your door, don't answer! Uh, he writes, sources, Florida State is exploring options to replace David Coburn as athletic director. There's been contact with multiple potential candidates about the FSU AD job. Well, I would have hoped that that uh, contact and search began long before, uh, you know, the recent past. Uh, David was a temporary athletic director. We thank him for his commitment to Florida State University and the many roles that he has had uh, at the university for uh, countless years. There's no questioning his uh, commitment to Florida State and his love of university, but uh, he has not been the ideal option for athletic director. He was a temporary athletic director, and uh, that's not good. You want to find a, a guy who's done it before, a guy with great connections, a guy with an understanding um, of uh, the greater picture because they've been in that role, they've had success in that role or something akin to it uh, on a large scale. So good news there that Florida State is trying the best they can to position themselves uh, to be in a good place as we move forward. We don't have the war chest of the other Power Five conferences because our TV deals aren't like that. For now, for now, we've had the discussion before, but we now have the votes on how to spend the money. If you're an athletic director, you have the votes. They created that. That's different than it used to be, and that's important for the attractiveness of this particular position. So whoever it is, you're going to have, you don't have to go begging you know, you don't have to kiss the ring to use the purse strings. They are no, now yours. They're, they're now yours to use. We have modernized our approach. Thank God. And it is something that uh, kept us, um, well, it's a much more complicated issue than for me to give a surface level sort of answer that says um, that we hamstrung ourselves because of the arrangement for the better part of several decades. It actually was a working relationship that led to three national championships. But at the same time, it became antiquated and certainly not something that was attractive to athletic directors who wanted to wield, you know, actual power. So this became a problem. It has subsequently been remedied. And now we get the fruits of that by hiring somebody I would hope here real soon, maybe even in the next 72 hours, in which we find out, hey, this guy's done that before, has great connections, going to whip up our ponies and get this thing turned around, everybody. Whoever it is within the first six months of them taking that position, if you see greater efficiencies, and we all know where to look for these efficiencies to be broadcast to the world, Mm. that we've gotten a little bit better, that would be a great signal. Because the last couple of times that we've had an athletic director step in, it seems like whatever old ties pre-existed that athletic director continued on once they took the office i'd love to see somebody come in assess things maybe elevate some people maybe have some people work in different areas and then create <laughs> create brand new positions that help us become like a real freaking organization uh, man I like a real guys, organization i hope you guys can appreciate what went on there 
That was wonderful. Because you guys know over the years that I have an affinity for those that navigate those kind of PR waters and verbiage and find ways to state a plainly obvious thing in a delicate manner as to not hurt certain people's feelings. And Tom is part of the Jeff Cameron Show PR firm, and he utilized the years of experience both in the firm and then his own understanding and grasp of language to deftly lay out a, a scenario for you that suggests some people over there need to be fired. <laughs> I never said that. Of course you didn't. Of course you didn't. And it was great. I loved it. That was like tiptoe through the tulips there, baby. That was well done. Uh, it was fun. I don't know what you're thinking. Did I say that? No. Did I say people need no. to be fired? No. That I was, don't think so. That was Patino-esque. That felt good. Uh, the whole time I was listening, I was like, okay, right turn. Oh, oh better jump the hurdle there. Oh, what are we going to say? Oh, left turn. Good job, Tommy. You just got to move some things around. Yeah, That's all. We would like to reallocate. Yeah, shake it up a little bit. There are uh, tasks that we're removing from one individual's plate and putting it on the plate of another right. while reassigning that individual who've lost the responsibility of these particular tasks, which were not suited to their skill set, and giving them something that they're better off doing. Redundancies, efficiencies, mm. new opportunities. Yeah. I think all these things. New opportunities. That yeah. is a great way Absolutely. of wording it indeed. Yeah. You know, Jerry, we've decided to give you a new opportunity. That's a fun one. I'd like to do that as well the next time that I decide somebody needs a different role. You know, here's the thing, Kevin. You've worked very hard. And because you've worked very hard, we've decided to give you new opportunities elsewhere. <laughs> uh, please call this number, if you will. They're expecting you. Oh. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> That's a toughie. We got football tomorrow, baby. I'm interested. The league is crazy. Oh, the NFL, NFL. is yeah, nuts right now. It's nuts. Yeah, I segued to it just for the time being because I think we've hit on the importance of uh, where Florida State sits at a changing time and where they need to go and how they're best suited to do that to a certain degree and why we're fortunate that there is continuity. Now, most off-seasons do see some form of change. I am curious to see if that comes to Florida State. I don't believe, as I said yesterday, that it will be in the form of radical changes at all. By radical changes, I mean any time that you fire or replace a offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, that would fall under the umbrella of major change. And that, I don't believe, is going to happen. Now, there may be some assistants further down the food chain that uh, move on uh, or are told to do so or asked to do so or choose to do so. We'll see. I don't know that to be the case, and I'm not even hinting, suggesting that it's going to happen. It's just not not that uncommon that it does. It wouldn't it be interesting too, just to revisit that for a moment. It, not necessarily about coordinators, but position coaches. Mm. The the seismic shift, as you termed it, of Lincoln Riley going to L.A. It's crazy, and, and Brian an Kelly going to LSU. Yes, it's 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 seismic. Yes, indeed. Somebody's going to Notre Dame. Somebody's going to Oklahoma, and that's going to create, I think. A lot of openings, and, and I don't mean I don't mean for those institutions I just mentioned. Yeah, but the other I mean, for other assistant coaches who may does. think, yeah. well, do I want to follow them or do I want to go somewhere else? It's not just about kids in the transfer portal. I, I would think you have to have that conversation as well. I don't know. You have so many different conversations. Can Mike just only talk to himself in the mirror? Like, who can you trust to have these conversations with? Because there are so many levels here. But I would think that the assistant coach pool is also something that a major university would be considering right now is 
Well, does he really want to follow Lincoln? Does he want to go to the West Coast? Does this guy actually want to go to Notre Dame? Does this guy want to move down to Baton Rouge? Should we kick the tires on him here in Tallahassee? That has to be something that's happening right now. I think most of the changes that we're kind of alluding to would have been discussed previously. Like I don't, I I understand it's a it's a quite well, the shakeup, and some of it is uh, new information has come to light. Yeah, a lot I of mean, assistant coaches are going. What? I was just on the road recruiting for this guy. Yeah, but I gotta I gotta ask. I mean, I don't. I never know for certain how much I believe, and it it does come down to relationships. So I, I'll just paint a scenario. Uh, if, 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 and we'll we'll bring it back home because it's much easier to provide this kind of context. If, for example, I was going to be offered a show in Tampa, okay, and that show uh, or that station said, uh, "We really want you. We want you to come home. We want you to do this show." Cameron and, and Rick Stroud in the morning. Put- <laughs> there it is. Let's do it. We're going to put you on in the morning, and, uh, you know, we're going to give you this, 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 and this, and and how does that sound to you? And I was seriously considering it. Well, Tom, you know, this may not come as a surprise to you, but I love you, and you've been an awesome producer and a dear friend. I would tell you well in advance if I was thinking about doing that as to give you time to contemplate your future and whether or not that's something you wanted to be a part of. I would also do this in a way that allowed me enough time that if you decided not to do that, I could find my guy, you know, whoever it was I wanted. So if Lincoln Riley had in the back of his head that maybe there's a job out there, if all the pieces fell into place, and I have a hard time believing that somebody from Southern Cal didn't reach out along the way to perhaps his agent to say, let's just say... We yeah. had an opening. Yeah, Lincoln okay. said it all happened Saturday night after Bedlam. Nonsense. Like, what? Nonsense. USC. Now, what I do think happened was it made his decision that much easier because Oklahoma is not going to be in the playoff. So once OU was eliminated from the playoff, do I believe all of this was accelerated? Yes, times a million. Yes, I believe immediately he went, well, we're not going to the playoff. I'm not screwing the university over, which he does love. I do get a sense that he does. Um, he probably went to, okay. It's a blanket get off the pot. So what's the deal? Well, Lincoln, it's $11 million a year, a $6 million housing allowance, a plane, and we're going to overpay for the two homes you own in Norman. It's blank check. Stay on the pot. I like this. Let's go. Okay, yeah, I think that happened. But I, my, I say all that to say this. I'm sure that once those overtures occurred that he did pull aside the defensive coordinator, whom, by the way, he's taking with him to USC. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but I do know that right. guy probably had his arm put around him and said, let's go for a drink. i got to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. And he probably had that conversation three weeks ago. Could be, yes. But that doesn't mean that the guys he didn't keep in the loop are ill-equipped to be a position coach somewhere else in the country. Correct, correct, yes. There is a free-for-all element to this. Yeah. Uh, he can't recruit the West Coast, so I don't want to bring him. But he certainly could recruit Florida, which I don't care about now because I'm going to L.A. Uh, That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you'd always care about Florida, but yes. It's interesting. Um, Well, it it does change things. Southern Cal is finally becoming more of a buttoned-up organization. I mean, for good Lord, the Hayden hug uh, all the way to Lynn Swan (laughs) to to whoever else you want to By the way, people who don't get that joke, be happy you don't. I'm sorry, I just gave you the image. I can see it on your face. No, that's fine. Oh, that's the worst. Usually I'm the one who ruins your day with the Hayden hug. Ah! Stop saying it out loud. Mm. 
That was we were watching that together when it happened. Yeah. We're like, what is what is happening on the there? computer? It was yeah. actually on the computer in the back. We had just gotten <laughs> done with the pregame show. No, I went. Oh. <laughs> I remember just being if someone startled. gives you a bear hug, folks, don't wrap your legs around the person giving you a bear hug. <laughs> well, that um, that will become in that moment not a bear hug, but a Hayden <laughs> hug. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we're we're moving it along here. It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Kevin Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. It's getting late in the game, so let me just say that the bowling tournament, everybody, will take place on December the 20th. We're, you can go ahead and post the graphic if you want now. Uh, December the 20th, the JCS annual holiday bowling tournament uh, to benefit uh, the kids of the Guardian at Lightham. We do this every year. If you're a new listener on 93.3 and don't know of which I speak, uh Years ago, we started this tournament, and it has been such a, a rewarding experience. Uh, and most importantly, it's one that reveals every year what a great community this is. Uh, basically, we, we host a bowling tournament, and, um, and we, we set up registration for teams. And the only entry fee, if you will, for lack of a better term, is um, usually a, a gift card uh, and or a gift uh, of some sort to uh, boys and girls of the Guardian Ad Litem who otherwise wouldn't get Christmas presents, um, kids who have to do without every year. And it's not just uh, that they do without during Christmas time. They do without uh, for much of their life while they're in the system or they're struggling uh, at their house um, for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, I've asked that people help out with this over the years and man every single time you guys have responded in overwhelming fashion and this has been an especially tough time for kids who find themselves in these circumstances uh, largely because of uh, isolation even further isolation brought on by covid and uh, the pandemic and uh, a lack of access to to helping these kids um face-to-face a lot of times. So they could really use our help. And I'll tell you more in the coming days and weeks. There's a a lot of ways you can help out, even if you don't participate, say, in the bowling tournament. And a lot of you do every year. And I have no doubt it will happen again this year. It's going to be December the 20th at 7 p.m. at District 850. Uh, Gordo's uh, and my man Eddie and the great people there always help out, and they will again this year. I'm going to start telling you about places in which you can drop off gift cards and or presents. One of them will be here at the station, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. But we want to organize times for that. If you're giving physical presents, presents, for example, like a bike, we want to make sure somebody's here. So we're going to tell you those times that are best suited for you to stop on by the brick and mortar that is 93.3. And then also, like we did a year ago, or two years ago, when we were able to get some participating restaurants that are also folks that do business with us and we do business with them. Um, you know what? That worked out well. People did drop gift cards off, and we were able to to gather that way and help out the kids of the Guardian of Lightham. So this is just an initial announcement. You're going to start hearing a promo 
You'll right. start be, you'll, information you'll get, on how to sign yes. up. We don't have that yet. You're yeah. going to have instructions on that this week. That's correct. You'll get more and more details as uh, the days go by, but it's going to happen. It's all going to be expedited now that we're actually in December, and uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I always am. It's always uh, humbling and reassuring and exciting to hear from people of our community and to see them uh, act uh, with their pocketbooks as well as the kindness of their heart. So without getting too sappy, we're going to do it. People have asked about it, so I wanted to get that out there. We just now finalized it. I'll get into some more details, uh, not just about the drop-off points or, or the kind of activity that it is, but also the, why the need is so pressing this year. Because I think it's important that you hear that so you understand that your contributions and your kindness are going an awful long way at a time of desperate need. So that's a very good thing. Uh, so we'll let you know. Again, we'll let you know. We'll come back, wrap it up in a moment. We do have to uh, – I got a pick. Tom, I'm rolling on these picks. A damn Kraken killed us the other night. Uh, hey, sometimes yeah, it's we your win. Turn. It's sometimes your turn. we win, sometimes we lose. It's all right. It happens. You take the I mean, baton. You also took Washington uh, on the money line. You got that on the final two-point play. Well, yeah, I held on to it. I mean, they led the whole damn game. And if yeah, their kicker yeah. hadn't gotten hurt, I would have easily done it because they would have kicked a field goal and the game would have been over. But that was frustrating, and that's why they call it gambling. Because <laughs> you gotta you got to live through that. But Washington came through as I thought they would. You know who's shot? You know who's done? Seattle. And I'll tell you, I'll take it a step forward. That organization's about to go through a radical shift because I'm not sure Pete's coming back, and then I'm really sure Russell Wilson is not the player he once was. Yeah, well, that was always on the brink after the Malcolm Butler play. Remember, there were reports about the locker room. There were fights Yeah, after that game. was The immediate aftermath of a Super Bowl. People aren't pouting. That seems a They're bit... They're saying, F you, man. Well, that seemed a bit excessive, but I would, I would say that... Um, there are guys who have to be looking with a jaundiced eye towards their quarterback. Uh, he, oh, well, he'll he, hang their ass out to dry. Well, of course he will, and yeah. he's been exposed, by the way, as the nutcase we know him to be. He's goo-goo for Cocoa Puffs. Ciara! He's also not playing good football at all, and hasn't for some time now. Jeff Kimberton, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And that's a damn good song. Why am I here? There we go. I'm like, why am I here in the neck? This is crazy. (laughs) Good song indeed. Here you go, here you go, here you go. So if you want to cue it up, we do. Maybe Red Russians, delayed Red Russians. We we hit it on Washington the other night, but we've got more for you here today. So cue it, and then I'll make the read for our friends. It's coming. It's going to happen, everybody. In three, two, it's locked up. They're refusing. It has been sabotaged by the gremlins, just like that. Hey, Big Daddy. (laughs) You having some Red Russians tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. (laughs) Hey, Big Daddy. Having some Red Russians tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy. An empty net. He scores. 
Hot damn, Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. All right, so this brought to you, as always, by our great friends at uh, North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. All right, so I've been I've been wrestling with this one, uh, and and for good reason. I've um, I'm jostling Tom between two games, two games in particular, uh, and both are NFL related. So you have a little time yet. As of yesterday, you could have gotten the Vikings against the Steelers for less than a touchdown, and if you can still. And shop around, as always, friends, for the best value. If you can still, then I would uh, do that. Oh, that's a look-ahead line, by the way. That's what I meant to tell you. It's a look-ahead line. It's a future. It's it's a a week from tomorrow night that game takes place. That is. It came out, and I saw it, and I was looking at futures. I was looking at the. I like to do the look-ahead lines. Sometimes you get incredible value. The Steelers are a dumpster fire without a quarterback. Uh, no matter who they start at quarterback, including the very famous one who will make the Hall of Fame, they can't play at quarterback. Really important position. You juxtapose that with a team that has fooled around and put themselves in a fairly untenable position, yet has talent across the board, and that would be the Vikings. Minus four sounds light. Sounds light on a future. A little pizza money for you guys on a Balls McWednesday well in advance. A reminder, you can get value Six days out, eight days out, ten days. You got to look. You got to look for these things. That's my advice to you. As far as perhaps this weekend goes, or would you like another future? Okay, I'll give you another future. You can get four to one right now. Cliff Kingsbury as coach of the year. I'd do it if I were you. I think it's a slam dunk. I'm going to take Cliff Kingsbury at four to one. You're welcome, everybody. ATM Cameron over here, buddy. There you go. Along with C.J. Stroud, right? That's going to pay. That's not going to pay. I don't think he's going to win the award. I think I'm screwed. But I got my money on, obviously, the Utah situation. That worked out. They did win the Pac-12. Georgia's looking good as a future. Georgia is at plus 800. So futures are a good deal. If if that's your cup of tea, making money. Yeah, if that's your thing, I I would look at it. I have four futures currently in play on point totals for NHL teams. Mm. And so far, Mm. so good. Mm. So far, so good on all fronts. I like it. They had Seattle at 92.5 for the season. And I said, are you on crack? Are you well, on crack? What cracking? are they doing dropping seven goals the other night? Is Buffalo just not? I mean, they can't play a I don't lick? know what that is. I don't know what, what that's What are we about. doing? That should not have happened. <laughs> seven <laughs> goals. Sir, seven. That, that should not have happened. Were you sitting there with the, the McConaughey cigarette? I'd be like, what the yeah, hell are we doing? Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo's running them down. They keep running them down, and then Seattle scores like 10 seconds later. It's crazy. I thought it was nuts. Um, you would think they'd be beleaguered after doing uh, Tampa, Miami, and then flying up to Buffalo, and there are the Sabres in wait. No, sir. I'm going to give you another uh, a future while I'm sprinkling futures for, uh, for the fun of it here. Uh, and this one's good. This one's good. This is all value. Now, you don't have to do this because it is a risk to be sure. But you know I like Coach Flores. The Dolphins have won four straight. What, to win the division? 12-1 to to make the playoffs. Oh. Mm-hmm. A little something for y'all. A little nugget. A little something for y'all. 12-1. to Thank you, Tom. Good job, as always. Thank you, Director Matthew. Thank all of you for listening. Be well, people. Talk to you tomorrow.